When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about movies. Huh. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I'm guessing the order looks weird on screen right now. <laughs> it does a bit um but yeah we are here we are live a few hours earlier than usual but still later than what we wanted uh <laughs> so today we're talking about the the romantic comedy crazy stupid love which neither of these guys have seen so it was my pick um but before we get into that we have some stuff that we talk about at the top of the show things that we've seen over the last week uh, Devin put the show in order today. What is up first? So the first one is I would like to know what Ryan has been watching this week. Okay. Um, so I really, okay. So this is going to be kind of awkward. So I had no idea that the show 100 even existed or the hundred existed until like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I was like, Oh, a new season of this show. It's on Netflix. So I was like, I'll watch the first season. This, mm-hmm. you know, this looks kind of interesting. And for the first, like, half the first episode, I was like, this is a dumb premise. This is really dumb. This is cheap. But it's just interesting enough that I'll give it a chance. And it sucked me in for about eight episodes. And then I was done. (laughs) Wow. So for people who don't know, The 100 was, to my surprise, a WB or CW show. Uh, CW. CW, um, yes. Which I've given a lot of flack that channel and their style of shows. I've given a lot of I've given a lot of flack in the past, and I yes, it's still deserved. Um, but space station in space, they believe they are the only humans left alive because of nuclear war. Hundreds of years, hundreds of years earlier, um, they have a bunch of juveniles that they send down to Earth to see if it's healthy enough to stay on the planet because adults do stupid things on space stations um and teenage youth cause chaos on the planet surface to the adults up at the space station um and i got as far as to where they discover shrooms and that's when i stopped oh no oh is this so you don't like it is that why you wanted to talk about it it was just a question that we, you yeah. know, every week Alan asks, hey, guys, what have you been yeah. watching? I'm like, oh, the 100. And at that point, when I originally thought about talking about it, I was still into the show. Oh. Did they lose you at Shrooms? Is that what happened? Like, the episodes were okay. They really mm-hmm. were. Um, it was it was a decent balance of, like, your your your, like, typical CW corniness. But it was enough decent sci-fi to keep mm-hmm. me going. Okay. And then they just got to episodes with just some, like, ridiculousness. And, like, normal CW, like, love triangles and drama, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that stuff. It's just the way that CW does it. It's just very much their brand of things. 
And Alan then had... Trooms it... came along, and I just <laughs> you were like no more. Lost. Yeah. So before I give my opinion, would the show have been better for you if you were on Shrooms? <laughs> I think I would have given up on a quick, uh, uh, a faster if I had any type of like hindrance to my cognitive abilities. <laughs> Got it. Uh, yeah, the CW definitely uh, has its own style of show making. About the, I'm watching two shows on the CW now because there's only two DC shows left, uh, and and that's The Flash and Superman and Lois. Superman and Lois, they actually put some effort into and like shoot it with anamorphic lenses, and it looks very good. It's a beautiful show. Wow. Um, the Flash they've kind of given up on, and they just announced The Flash is doing its going into its final season. Uh, of 13 episodes. So they're bringing that story to an end. They're not just like canceling it like they did everything else that mm-hmm. was CW, DC shows. Uh, and then they, they have a Gotham Night show that looks horrible <laughs> that I cannot wait to hate watch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, CW is, is its own style of show. I, I've been interested in the 100 because of some of the actors I know show up on it. Yeah. Like um, Henry Ian Cusick from Lost. Who played Desmond? Oh, that's he's, fine. He's one of the. I think he's the one in charge on the space station, and he ends up coming to Earth. Yeah. Um. But beyond that, like I, it's been on my list. Uh, I'll probably hold off on it a little bit longer now that Brian's <laughs> given his opinion. Well, I mean, it just, it was just like, it got eight episodes in. It got a little re- re- repetitive of big, important, you know, life-threatening thing. We fixed it, but then other big life-threatening thing pops up, and then they have to t- tackle that, and then another issue pops up, and then after like the third run th- run through of that like uh, routine that they had in the storyline, mm-hmm. then each individual character started having their own like crises at the same time as the big crisis was going on, and mm-hmm. then when 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 the shrooms hit, I, I was. Thinking to myself, what are they gonna do now after this? And then, oh, we're gonna put everyone on shrooms with the you know danger lurking outside the gate now. Like, oh, come on, stop, please. <laughs> Where I do you go from again, shrooms? But... Uh, crack. It's true. That's uh, true. I mean, I, I watched the previews and I read some of the descriptions from like season three and four, so mm-hmm. I know where they go from shrooms. <laughs> but. I, it's whatever. I mean, I might pick it up again. I'm not sure, but I just, I have problems with the way CW does their stuff. It's just, it's not my thing. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. They have, they have a style. I mean, I think the one show that, that or Alan had mentioned that like Lois and Superman or whatever, Lois Superman and, Clark, and Lois, yeah. Superman and Lois, that like on its premise sounds awful to me, but it sounds like Alan, they put more work into it than anything. Well, do you want a segue? Because I can, you, I, I can take this into a segue. Let's let's do it right uh, now. So, so Superman and Lois is like just from the title, it doesn't sound interesting, mm-hmm. but it's Superman and Lois raising teenage boys, uh, and like like so it's got, like it takes me back to Smallville, ironically uh. enough. Um, one of them has powers, the other one doesn't. So there's like resentment there, and then there's it's a it's fairly interesting for a Superman show. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the one thing they don't have, though, on Superman and Lois is Crypto the Superdog. Uh, but if you want to see Crypto the Superdog uh, or hear about it, I can tell you a little bit about uh, League of Super Pets. Look at that transition. That was buttery smooth. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're so good. Um, 
Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, part of the reason I was running late today is I took my niece to see DC's League of Super Pets. And it was the most expensive movie experience I've paid for in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Tell because us why. I, I got a flat tire going to the theater. Oh. Uh, luckily, the movie theater I went to was like right near a Sam's Club. Mm-hmm. So I just had to work it out and get my car over there after the movie. Got it all squared away, but I had to buy a new tire. So that was not counting on that today. But enough about that. Like, that's all (laughs) that's all done and taken care of. Let's talk about League of Super Pets, because I really enjoyed this movie. Did you? Uh, I am not a huge fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart doing their shtick. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this wasn't really their shtick. Like, they're both in it. Uh, I think their shtick more comes in with the marketing of the movie. Um, this has got a phenomenal cast. Um, like I said, Dwayne Johnson as crypto, Kevin Hart as ace, the, the bat hound, uh, Natasha Leone, um, Diego Luna, who's going to be an Andor. Um, Oh, wow. Oh, I'm, I'm forgetting the one's name. Oh, she was on SNL for years. Uh, Kate McKinnon's the villain. I, I, oh, wow. Um, but then you have John Krasinski as Superman, Keanu Reeves as Batman. Um, it's a very fun kids movie, but it's also got some very fun adult moments. Like there are moments where like, so Natasha Leone plays a turtle mm-hmm. who gets super speed. <laughs> and Good. there, there's a moment like they're, they're fighting the bad guy and she just speeds off like fighting the bad guys and just ends up in a park and she straight up says, where the, where the F am I? But they bleep it. And they did that to her like two or three times in the movie. Like she just swears and they just bleep it. Like that's an interesting take for a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, but they do a good job with the Superman origin story and including crypto in that. Um, the animation style is pretty cool. My niece enjoyed it. She was laughing the whole time. Uh, I asked her who her favorite animal was. She said the turtle. So she loved Natasha Leone's character. Aww. And I think she really did steal the movie a bit. Um, Kate McKinnon's being Kate McKinnon. And it was just kind of like evil, super animal. Um, but there are some fun Easter eggs in here. Like every time there's like a news show on, mm-hmm. The, the headline is something funny. Like the one I laughed at, my niece made me explain it to her. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor gets arrested at one point in the film. And the, mm-hmm. and the, ty- the headline is super rich actually goes to jail. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, that's fun. But other than that, um, I, I thought it was enjoyable. Like there's some fun musical cues that I picked up on because they tell, they tell the origin of Superman. So they show Krypton explode Alfred Molina plays Jor-El, which is weird, but oh, and weird. I did not expect. But I was like, that that's definitely Doc Ock right now. <laughs> they, they they use the John Williams Planet Krypton theme. Oh, wow. When Krypton's destroyed, they do the Superman theme a few times. The Crypto actually sings it at one point, which is weird. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Hold on. So treat me like I'm dumb. What are the Super Pets origin story? Like, what is – so does, does – Super dog or crypto come with Clark Kent? Yeah. Like in the uh, well, pod? In, the, in, the, in this, he does. Okay. Uh, he co- Yeah, he jumps in the pod. 
like Jor-El and his wife are like, no. And then he jumps in the pot as the door closes and, and, um, Jor-El's wife, I forget her name. Uh, mm-hmm. she's like, just, just let, like, he's going to need a friend. Like, so they, they come to earth and like they're best friends. Aww. Um, that's crypto's origin story. Uh-huh. Uh, in this, I think it's different in other stories that you read. Uh, I'm not sure what the, the comic book origin is, but I know like on Smallville, he was a kryptonite infected dog. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah. Ryan uh, looks yeah. skeptical. I mean, I mean, my only skeptical, okay, so Krypton's going to explode or implode, whatever. Mm-hmm. They have a family pet. They have a dog. They're about to send their son in a rocket to be the only, supposed to be the only surviving one on the planet to survive the blast. What kind of a selfish people want their pet to also die with them in the explosion and not initially put the dog in the rocket with with their son? I mean, like that. I mean, I, that might be that might be the, the millennial in me speaking. The fact that I see pets like children. So I mean, you know, I I don't know. How, okay, okay. From the other side of this, how much food did you pack in there, and how long until Crypto starts looking at Baby Clark as a snack? Oh, whatever. Is that, is that too? Take care of himself. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I do want to see this movie though. I mean, I don't know that I'll rush out to theaters to see it, but I think I definitely want to wait till it's like on HBO max or something. So it looks like it's something Mm -hmm. that'll go there. But like, this looks like a fun, like I'm bored on a Saturday thing to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, The other actress I couldn't remember was Vanessa Bayer. Oh, Uh, okay. She, 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 she plays the pig. Mark Marin making an appearance as a, as a, uh, voiceover actor again as Lex Luthor, Thomas Middleditch, Ben Schwartz. That's why those voices sound familiar. They have a fun bit in the movie. Oh, I bet um, they do. But yeah, they've got a pretty great cast throughout this whole thing. So, um, Is it basically just the Justice League, but each pet is a different like power? Or is there like one pet that's very much not a Justice League character? Uh. So the only two that are based off of actual characters in the comic books, as far as I know, are mm. Crypto and Ace. Okay. The other ones are kind of just like, by the end of the movie, they all pair up with somebody in the Justice League. Oh. Like the the turtle like becomes friends with the Flash. And of course. The pig becomes a print uh, like, a, she's already a fangirl of Wonder Woman, oh. so like they, they become close. But cute. Uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't stay for the post credit scene because Dwayne Johnson posted it like images of it on his Instagram on Sunday. So I was like, Oh, I don't need to see this now because I know that black Adam and his dog show up. I'm like, really? You're just going to use this to promote the Uh, fair. So, but my niece wanted to leave the theater. Like we walked out at one point during the final battle. Cause she had to go to the bathroom. I was like, really now? Like, (laughs) but when you got to go, you got to go. Uh, we didn't miss much. We came back. The the evil guinea pig was giant. I was like, okay, this that what we're doing. <laughs> like, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was a good time. Uh, I recommend it if you've got kids and like uh, superheroes. There's a lot of fun stuff for adults in here too. Uh, Keanu Reeves' Batman though is pretty pretty fun. So. Oh, I bet. So. Speaking of things that were relevant in the 80s and are now relevant now, I don't know, I'm trying a transition. How was that one? Uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a five. Perfect. That was what I was aiming for. Uh, we have my We Watch This for the week. Because, guys, I actually watched something, but it's not a TV or movie, so sorry about that. I watched Heather's The Musical. 
So this was a West End production at The Other Palace. Um, it is, my guess is, a retelling of the Heathers movie. I actually have never seen Heathers, so I don't know how faithful of a recreation the plot of this was. My guess is there isn't singing, but our lead actor looked a lot like Winona Ryder, so that made me very happy. But all in all, this musical was an amazing time. I had so much fun with this. That ha I mean, it, the, I, I wasn't expecting the plot. Nobody told me what Heathers was about before I watched this. I just saw like the poster that you see kind of down there where it's essentially just like the three of them standing with cricket mallets or croquet mallets. And I didn't know where the plot was going. And oh boy, did it go in some places. Uh, I know not all of us have seen Heathers, but Ryan, you've seen Heathers before, right? It's been a long time. Yeah. I have, but it's been a long time. Um, I was not expecting the movie to go where it went. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, same. like 11 when I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I haven't really seen it since. So, I mean, that might say something about how I originally thought of it as like a preteen. But, sure. I mean, at the, at maybe if I watch it again now, I'd probably get a lot more of it than I did when I was 11. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we might end up doing like just Heathers for the um, like for the show at some point because I was very, very like I very much into the musical. I've been listening to the music just about all week. I absolutely love several of the songs. If you guys want a, a sense of what the humor and the kind of uh, musicality that goes behind the song, look up the song Candy Store because it's just it's it's basically the show in a nutshell. Uh, but man, I was so impressed with this and it makes me want to watch it, like watch the actual movie. So I think we're going to just do it for the podcast, especially because it does go into a relatively unexpected place. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Devin, you, I was testing out the chat here. You can go ahead and uh, hide the chat window. Oh, um, cool. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Let me just do that. Get out of here, chat box. Nailed it. Uh, so one last thing I wanted to ask you guys, yeah. uh, I know Devin watches though. I don't think Ryan does. Are you caught up on better call Saul? I am. Did you watch last night's? No, actually, I guess I'm not then. I thought I was. How was last night's? Was it good? Uh, you know, the title of it, right? Breaking bad. Yeah. Uh... There's a reason for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I made the analogy yesterday, like, like bringing in the characters from breaking bad is kind of, I, I said to my wife, it's like, it's like if on power Rangers in space, they brought in the mighty Morphin power Rangers only with Brian Cranston. And I was like, wait, no, Brian Cranston was in power Rangers. Never mind. It's, it's the same thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was fun. Uh, I'm excited. I feel like at the end of the, the series, you and I just gonna have to do a mini episode. Talking I think we about will with a friend of the show, Josh from Nerf Herders assemble. Oh, perfect. So, because he keeps messaging me about it, and I, I haven't gotten back to him yet. But sorry, yeah, because I got to talk to someone about it because I, in in this apartment, I'm the only one that watches it and is current with it. And when things happen, I just want to tell someone about the thing I saw, and no, there's like nobody here to talk to. So yeah. I really want to talk about it, and I, I'm also curious how it's going to end, because. What was it? Not this episode, not last episode, but the one before. I thought that was how it was going to end. So I'm very curious with what they're doing with the rest of the season. Because how many episodes do we still have? Is it three? Two. 
I don't. There I don't. Two, two episodes left. I don't get After, it. Yeah. We'll talk about it. We'll talk okay, about good. it. Okay, good. Good, good, Ryan looks bored. So uh, <laughs> I think we're, we're going to get into today's main topic. Perfect. The 2011 film, Crazy Stupid Love, starring Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell with Julianne Moore and Emma Stone. This is a film that I have seen. I had seen many years ago, uh, on like HBO. Uh, I never saw this in theaters, but it had a good, en- like a good enough cast. I was like, I'll check this out. And so this has been one of my wife and I's go-to like romantic comedies, at least of the modern ones. Um, uh, it also features uh, Marissa Tomei, John Carroll Lynch, Josh Groban for some reason. And, um, yeah. So, uh, like I said, I had seen this years ago on like HBO when it first premiered there. Uh, what did you guys think of crazy stupid love? Because this is the first time you've seen it. Ryan, you, you have more familiarity with romantic comedies. How do you, how did you feel about this before we get into Devin's thoughts? Well, actually I had seen this before. I I completely forgot about it. Um... Well then never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Okay, so why did you think that you didn't see it? Is there a reason, or because I, my feelings towards it after the first time I watched it, I didn't even remember its name. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So when you, so when you said the title, I just was like, yeah, no, that doesn't sound familiar at all. And then when it got to the scene where Steve Carell wanted to jump out of the car, I was like, right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> Devin, what, you're more of a novice to romantic comedies. What did you think of this one? This movie was a roller coaster for me, guys. Okay, so there were times when I was watching this movie and I went, "This might be the best movie I've seen in a long time." And then there are times when I watch this movie and I go, "This is a stupid movie, and I don't want to watch any more of this." And it the whole time, up and down, up and down. I think, I think that in the end. If we had cut Steve Carell completely from the movie, I would have absolutely loved this movie. I think that is my like overall feeling from it. Because Steve Carell's character gets every rom-com, tropey, annoying thing that made me annoyed. And, um, and Ryan, was it Ryan Gosling's character got all of the parts that I just absolutely loved. I mean, this movie made me love Emma Stone even more than I already love Emma Stone. Uh, Marissa Tomei more than I love Marissa Tomei. I mean, I want to talk about a lot of this movie, especially the parts that made me hate it, but then even more the parts that made me love it. Okay. So let's dive into the Steve Carell character because yeah. he he is the main character of the thing. He is the one who has the, the story arc that uh, is like full circle. Mm-hmm. Um. Ryan, what don't you like about his like like what what don't you guys like about his character? Well, for me, it's not that I don't like his character. It's just this movie kind of embodies why I don't really watch a lot of modern comedy dramas. Okay, I'm not a fan. I just I there's just something about the like movies like Crazy Stupid Love that just don't appeal to me, and I do not connect with. And it might be I. I honestly can't really nail it down. So maybe today we might do that for me. Hold, hold, hold on one this. second. Uh, okay. Devin, check check the audio settings uh, yeah. in the chat. 
Bill can only hear you. Make sure we're coming in through desktop audio. Yeah, give me one second here. That was probably duplicate me. Go ahead and say something quick. And testing one, two. Yeah, I think there you guys are. Uh, Ryan, say something. Okay. Okay, um, am I coming through now? Yeah, hey, you good. Awesome. Thank you, Chad. All right, we should be, we should be fixed now. Thank you, friend of the show, Bill. I owe, I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I'm not entirely sure, like, was it game night, Alan, you had us watch? Yes. Was that a rom-com? I wouldn't say it's a rom-com. Okay. But I'd say but, it has elements yeah. of a rom-com, but I wouldn't call yeah. it a rom-com. But, like, that is still kind of like a, it's kind of like a comedy drama, like, in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and this being, like, a rom-com drama, like, there's something about these more modern movies. And whenever I see a cast listing that has Ryan Gosling, Steve Carell, Emma Stone, like, that kind of, like, a combination of people or even like the two lead actors who uh who were in game night like i i i don't instantly blow it off but like i'll watch the trailer and i'm like okay that's got that feel that's got that like it's giving me that feeling of just this is gonna fall flat for me hmm. and there's moments in this movie i love that i find hysterical don't get me wrong it's okay. just this isn't really a movie that i'm ever like this is this is like this movie's like flyover country for me <laughs> in a way uh devin what don't you like about uh steve carell in particular okay so steve carell has all of my like stereotypic like i don't love this rom-com moments it has the we're gonna teach you how to be hip with the ladies like montage and the whole like we're gonna teach you how to buy clothes and we're gonna teach you how to flirt i don't love that montage i've seen that montage in a lot of in a lot of movies or at least have seen parodies of those montages in a lot of movies, and I'm now kind of over that montage. I don't love the romantic gesture that he does. I'm not over grand romantic gestures. We've seen enough rom-coms that I think they can be done very well. I don't think, let me interrupt my son's eighth grade speech and then say that his speech is bad to do my grand romantic gesture. I don't love that. And I also don't love how he handles any adverse situation, I think, at all in this movie. I'd say that any time, like, a bad situation happens, he picks, like, the wrong way to handle it, and he's like, that's what I'm doing. And I think at no point did that become endearing to me. Okay. I There's a lot to unpack there. Oh, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there is. <laughs> well, well, let's, let's start with the grand romantic gesture at the yes. end. Uh, I think one of the, the, the perks of this movie is it acknowledges that this is awkward. Mm -hmm. This shouldn't be happening, but it's happening. Mm -hmm. And he, he's not okay with it. Like, he's like, oh, God, what am I doing? Like, this, this is horrible. Whereas in, like, another, like, if this was Hugh Grant in the 90s, he'd just be, like, cut, like, not even saying sorry to people he's walking over in the crowd. It would just be, like, I'm Hugh Grant. I love this woman. Like, it, <laughs> it, here, it's at least awkward. And it, it embraces the awkwardness mm -hmm. of the situations, um, which I think is something you don't see in many rom-coms. Um, do you sympathize at all with the Steve Carell character who is 
like the movie starts with his wife asking for a divorce. I mean, probably too much. So I, I sympathize with the Steve Carell character from the second they did that whole, I hated the intro, by the way, the whole like sexy feet rubbing sexy feet. And then Mm -hmm. a like smash cut to new balance shoes in overly baggy pants. And I went, Oh look, it's me. So like I sympathized with him almost too much to the point where I was like, Oh yeah, this is what I would do. Except for like the whole, the whole like learning to flirt. I would never get that far. But like, yeah, okay. I, I sympathize with them a lot. And and you're right, the movie does kind of subvert some of those like rom com expectations in some ways. And there's some really cool examples of that that I'll bring up at some point then too. Okay. Yeah. Um I mean, did you like him right away? Am I am I like so out of left field here? What what surprised me on watching this like I, I feel for him. I definitely feel for him. And I think the story does a good job of not hiding his emotions with the divorce stuff. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, she asks for a divorce, he's sad for a moment, and then he he's just moving out. Here, mm-hmm. like, you actually see him, like, confront her about it. Like, when he's moving out, like, maybe if he didn't s- sleep with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> um, um, so I, I like how they address his emotional state. I think the montage of him at the bar with like just being sad the whole time uh, gets a little much. What I was surprised by though, was how much of this movie is focused on his story because I remember like in my mind, the movie is a lot more balanced between his story and the Ryan Gosling stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like it got to a point where we're over halfway through the film and my wife and I are watching it and Emma Stone goes back to Ryan Gosling and we're like, oh, this hasn't happened yet. Like, like why is this take? Why did this take so long to get here? So I was just kind of surprised at the pacing of that, because um, I think it could have been a little bit more balanced between the two main love stories. But I like how they played off of each other, because I like that they were mm-hmm. they were basically coming from like different angles at each other and like crossed in the middle when like it, Ryan Gosling it, called and was like, "How do I handle this situation?" I was like, "So." so so part of the reason I like this movie, and I'm glad you brought this up, is there are so many pieces moving together at once. It's like a heist movie. Because you have <laughs> all these different stories coming together in little different pieces, and they all cultivate in that backyard scene. Mm-hmm. And I love that backyard scene because everything just happens at once. You you find out that Emma Stone is Steve Carell and Julianne Moore's daughter. Uh, she's dating Ryan Gosling. The babysitter's dad finds the pictures that she took, which is a cringe storyline that we're not going to get into on this. Um, So you have like this whole big fight. Then Kevin Bacon shows up like everything just happens at once. And I think it's just a great comedy of errors. And I really enjoy that scene. So, Ryan, I mean, not having this seen this movie for a while, because, Alan, it sounds like you watch it pretty frequently. At least for me, the bit, the first part of this movie, not knowing how everything fit together, it felt a little bit like love, actually. Did you get that sense as well? I got the sense of Valentine's Day. I've never I mean, seen that movie. Tell me about that's it. That's one of, it, that's one of, it's, it's basically love, actually. Mm-hmm. But on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day. Day. <laughs> Good. It's, it's the American version of it. Okay. And I and I 
and I like actually this might be this might be like forty percent of the reason why I don't like this movie. I like Love Actually. Mm-hmm. I like the concept. I like the aspect of it. I like the fact that it's not set in America. I like the fact that it's set in London and the way that they did everything, the way things are interconnected. Valentine's Day is just an American ripoff of Love Actually. And it stars um, the punked, uh, punked guy. Ashton Kutcher? Oh. Ashton Kutcher. It stars him. And it was made in, what, what like 2009, 2010? Yeah, 2010. Ish. Yeah, like it was made in it was made in 2010, so it has like that, you know, like feel to it. And I think Kristen and I saw Valentine's Day not to we saw Crazy Stupid Love not that mm-hmm. like maybe like 2 weeks apart. We saw we saw these movies. Oh wow. And with like the three different storylines going on and like the way that they interconnected uh, there was that similarity to like Valentine's Day and I'm like I no I I'm not really like it like like the scene's funny the backyard scene is hysterical it is funny it is Steve Carell Kevin Bacon all all of those actors at um is at their best um but it was just I like Hitched better. So, okay. Okay. So parts of this movie reminded me of Hitch and I went, I'm glad we're not watching that movie because I think I liked this better. And I, I liked the backyard scene to the point where I had like real emotional reactions. Like when like Steve Carell was like, you're never dating my daughter. I'm like, no, but you know, he's changed. And then when he like punches Kevin Bacon in the face, I was like, that a boy like i got really yeah. into that scene like that scene's what really drew me into this yeah and that like that's part of the reason i like this movie so much is it builds to that and i feel like it earns every moment in that scene you you earn like the reveal of emma stone uh and ryan gosling like in just the look on steve Carell's face when he sees him like what like the, the two of them like just their back and forth but the uh, Ryan Gosling punching Kevin Bacon, like it's e- another f- film would make that not seem earned. Mm-hmm. But I think this film does a great job of having it make sense that that character who's heard this name thousands of times go up and punch this guy in the face that he's never met and doesn't really have a horse in this battle. But he really just like goes, takes off his ring and Jackson one. I don't know. I thought that was a cool scene. Did you not like it as much, Ryan? No, I'm trying to, like I said, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I don't like, you know, with this movie. Cause like, I like Emma Stone. I like mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling. I like Steve Carell. Like I like, I like all these actors that are in this in independently, individually. I mm-hmm. like them all. It's just, I'm trying to narrow it down. Why? Um, can, can I can I throw a th- can I throw something out that I don't like about this movie? What? I feel like a part of the Steve Carell story that I don't like is I feel like I've seen a lot of this go th- be, been done with him in Forty Year Old Virgin. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like, I. My favorite Steve Carell movie is Get Smart. Okay. Because the character he plays is supposed to be who Steve Carell is. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it works. And I'm not entirely sure if I like Steve Carell in this type of a movie. Okay. Even though he did a good job. I just, I don't, like, I can't, like, so I feel you, for you him. Like, I, okay. So yeah. you like Steve Carell when he's, like, slapsticky, Maxwell smart. I'm more of a slapstick comedy person anyway. Have you seen any of Steve Carell's dramatic stuff? I've tried. Okay. He's I heard like Jim Carrey to me. I just, I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> oh, that hurt, because I really like Jim Carrey's, some of Jim Carrey's really serious stuff. Okay, so I made this realization by myself like a few weeks ago. I use movies and TV shows as entertainment to get away, to have fun, Mm -hmm. to enjoy and just kind of like not worry about things because I overthink about everything. I deep dive into everything. Anything that's actually going on, like in real life, I deep dive. I try to learn as much as I can. And I, you know, lessons learned and all that other stuff. When it comes to movies, it's why I'm such a big Godzilla fan. Like, give me just an entertaining movie that's not, you know, just Transformers blowing each other up. And and have it be well done. And I'm good. It's, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't really gravitate towards... We're going to make a movie that's enjoyable and teach people something. Oh, yes. That's where we're different. I had. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah go, go ahead, Devin. I had a long conversation about the, the TV show Peacemaker with somebody because they were like, yeah, I mean, Peacemaker is like a tired metaphor for America. We've like all seen it before. You don't need to watch the, mo- the TV show to get it. And I'm like, yeah, but like any metaphor for anything or like or not anything on my limits, but like most metaphors for anything or anything is trying to teach me something like, give me more of that. I will take that all the way. And I think there are things like peacemaker that has a message to it, but it's also entertaining as hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there are things that strike a balance. If this doesn't strike a balance for Ryan, Mm -hmm. then, or like that, that's fine. Like, yeah, to each their own. Um, uh, in the chat, a uh, friend of the show, Bill, saying we should watch The Big Short, and then you said something that made him say, oh, well, then you want to watch Big <laughs> I Short. I think we should watch The Big yeah. Short. I really no, think we should watch it. No, no why? You, no, no, because if you seriously want to turn this into a political podcast, <laughs> by all means, let's do The Big Short. See, see like, <laughs> the, 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 go-to, the goal, go-to role that, like, I look at Steve Carell as a character actor. Mm-hmm. So you have Michael Scott, who's definitely a character, uh, and, like, completely elevated from Steve Carell, the person. Then you have uh, Maxwell Smart, which is based off of the TV show. So he's kind of doing a imitation and his own spin on Maxwell Smart. Um, in this, you have him playing the, the, the guy who gets dumped at the beginning and is trying to rebuild his life. So that's the character here. Um, I think one of his best performances as a character is in the film Foxcatcher. Oh, wow. Uh, Ryan, have you seen Foxcatcher? Never even heard of it. It's a it's 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 a sports movie. <laughs> uh, so oh, I, I that's I'm... about that wrestling. Thing yeah, yeah, down in yeah. Pennsylvania. I've watched like four or five docs on that. So yeah, I mean, I know a lot about that already. I, I think <laughs> I think his performance in that is fa- is fascinating, and I think we'll put that on the list. Okay. Um, if you like Steve Carell and Jim Carrey, I recommend Horton Hears a Who. <laughs> <laughs> These are basically and, the yes. same level. I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I it, like, to be perfectly honest, 
And this is also going to show a bit of, like, myself that makes no sense to anything that I just said. If this was animated with the same actors doing voiceovers, like an anime or something, Mm -hmm. I probably would have enjoyed it more. (laughs) Because because there would have been that break of reality where it would have been okay like okay it'd be like okay this is a romantic comedy it's got a real you know life cemented storyline but when it's animated it breaks that real life away and i can kind of turn that part of my brain off okay so was it that was it the parts of this movie were like too real because i mean i think the more we're talking about it, the the more I'm realizing I didn't like Steve Carell's character because I'm essentially, you know, an awkward divorce in a restaurant away from being Steve Carell's character. I was like, oh, I also wear two baggy clothes and shoes that are for comfort and not for fashion. And oh, no. The, the, the only part that got like that for me was with Kevin Bacon's character, because I'm like, really, you, you, you're basically turning the stereotype of me into someone who's breaking up a marriage. Seriously? <laughs> Hold on, I want to unpack that for half a second. How are you the stereotype of Kevin Bacon's character in this movie? He wants to be shortstop for the Cardinals growing up. He makes a joke about dropping off his date at the ballet and then going to a baseball game after. Are you serious? You want me to explain that? (laughs) I I feel left out, so I'm going to tell you the story about how I am Ryan Gosling in this movie. (laughs) Because I actually have a story about doing a uh, dirty dancing thing. Tell me. Tell me all about it. Um... So I think we talked about this when we did Dirty Dancing. Um, at my wedding, uh, Time of My Life came on, and I grabbed a bunch of my groomsmen, and we just, like, danced over to my wife to that song. And they're like, I don't know what's going on, but we all just, like, cha-cha'd over. <laughs> um, so that's my move from Dirty Dancing. Now, Devin, part of the reason I held off on this film is you hadn't seen Dirty Dancing. What did you guys think of the, uh, his big move? It would have worked. It would have worked on me. Ten out of ten. You lift me up like that. You put me down wherever you want, big boy. I, it, it <laughs> Brian was, loved it. For me, it was good for the whole comic sense of of like her going. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work on me. Even knowing <laughs> prior to what he was going to do, and then it like it kind of works on her. But that leads to. One of like one of my three favorite scenes of this movie, and that's the montage of them just talking all night. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is like again top three parts of this movie for me, and particularly her sitting on the massage chair and she's yeah. like, "This is kind of horrible," and he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the scene that I identify with the most because there have been nights where my wife and I have just stayed up making each other laugh and like just talking, and like watching it this time I was like, I kind of have that. Like that's that's it's nice. Mm-hmm. It it reminded me of uh, like the relationship that she's in on screen isn't for you to be watching, like. This is, like, it, it felt way too personal. Like, I almost felt weird watching them hang out and talk and, like, fall in love in bed. Cause... That, that's one of the reasons why I like Epistone so much. And one of the reasons why, even though Easy A is one of my wife's favorite movies, mm-hmm. I have a very uncomfortable time watching it because I just, it, like, it's one of those things where it's, 
it's a complete comedy of errors and just one bad thing after another. But the way that the movie goes about with her dealing with all of this stuff as she's explaining it, it's like she's doing too good of a job <laughs> showing how awkward all of that is. Yeah. So it's been a while since we've talked about this. And I, like since Dev, Devin's first episode on here, uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone's chemistry in this, I think, is a lot better than their chemistry in La La Land. Okay, I and, and I, I like it better here, and I think that's part of the reason I wasn't huge on La La Land the first time I watched it, but it's grown on me mm-hmm. because I was expecting this level of chemistry in that film. And I think it's a benefit. I think it's a compliment to the script to say that their chemistry is a lot better here because there's more story to it. Like there's more connection there. And because of that montage, I think that montage of them getting to know each other overnight where she's like, I know how this ends. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to get too drunk and you're going to tuck me in and kiss my cheek. Good night. And then it flips and he's the one who gets tucked in and kissed on the cheek. Uh, I think that's just a great moment and such a great relationship building scene that uh, La La Land just doesn't really, they, they have a song and dance number. That's it. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, and then, and then I am going to go for the trifecta and uh, it's La La, their chemistry in La La Land is still better than what their chemistry in gangster squad. So I've, I've never yeah. seen it. Is it good? I mean, me neither. I haven't seen it either, but I'm just assuming. <laughs> So I, Devin, you said before that, that like you you didn't like the like traditional tropes of like him learning how to flirt and like mm-hmm. all of that other stuff, which I kind of should have saw coming. But that has to do with one of my other favorite scenes in this like top three, and that's when Ryan Gosling is getting is buying him clothes with you know Steve Carell's credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, but the disgust of Ryan Gosling, like the wallet the 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 the, uh, the uh, gap comment oh yeah um and then like his reaction to steve carell's shoes the new bounds which i completely agree with ryan gosling on just saying <laughs> um but but yeah but i that that just to me is like i've seen that done in a lot of other movies i feel like ryan gosling and steve carell hit it out of the park on that one like it's just it's it's hysterical because Ryan Gosling is is just like just so disgusted with Steve Carell and his whole like fashion opinions and he's just like no we're we're not doing that he's like oh, is that Velcro is that Velcro well there's a moment in it that I really like too where like Steve Carell like goes to pay for something and he holds up the Velcro wallet to Ryan Gosling yeah. and opens it really loud in his face and he just yeah. goes where are your wallets. Yeah. Like and, and that so that part in in his comment about the gap where like Ryan Gosling just walks away, like yeah, those are very very funny parts. I do really like that. Yeah, I think where yeah. I don't like those tropes is I mean because you know this movie did do a good job of of saying okay we're gonna do this trope but we're gonna do it in a way that Devin you won't hate it. So a, a good example is the opening montage of like you know the sexy feet rubbing and then all of a sudden it's a hard cut to you know, two people sitting in, you know, overstuffed New Balances. And that was funny to me. Or like, hey, you know, the second 
Ryan Gosling calls Steve Carell over. I'm like, oh, he's going to take him under his wing, like, hitch and teach him how to love him. And I got, like, really not excited for where the movie was going. But the moment-to-moment bits of it were fun. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I didn't... Yeah. yeah. The tropey stuff is annoying sometimes, but this movie did them well enough that I didn't hate them. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have tropes and things. Like, oh, uh, yeah, you, you can't get out around that, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to talk about from this. Uh, there's something I want to bring up, but we said we weren't talking about it. I mean, I, bring, you bring it up. I hate, day, I hate, 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 hate the babysitter's decision at the end. Hate it. Zero out of ten. Bad time for everyone. <laughs> don't, don't, don't give the pictures away. Just don't. You, you burn them. We live in the internet age. They were at least using Blackberries at that point. This yeah. kid could have been anyone, man. Don't don't give pictures away like that. Yeah, don't don't take pictures like that. Also, <laughs> also that. Um, <laughs> I I I gotta get like we're not gonna talk about it, but like in detail. But I do love John Carroll Lynch's reaction to that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because he's just like right out the door going to kick Steve Carell's ass. Uh, <laughs> zero hesitation. He knew what it was and he zero, was gone. Zero hesitation. I He's always a joy to watch in anything he shows up in. I still, every time I see him, I think of the Drew Carey show because he played Drew's brother, his yeah. cross dressing brother. Um, but like, he's always a delight in anything. Um, and then Kevin Bacon is in this too. So <laughs> bonus points for uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, fair. Right. I I love John Carroll Lynch in the beginning where he was like, I know that we're friends, but we've picked sides in the divorce and it's not you. And here's something. I got, it's cologne. There's a gift for sale. So good. Because like, you know that happens in divorce. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that helps you lead to that, that backyard scene where mm-hmm. everything feels earned. Because he's he's had this friendship with Steve Carell for years. Uh, it's abruptly ended. And then he thinks that he's having a relationship with his teenage daughter and he's not. But his reaction to it is genuine because he's like, that son of a bitch. Like, I'm right. Like, I would have um, essentially reacted the same way. Like, I totally get it. And it's you're right. It, it has that history behind it. Mm-hmm. I just all I'm going to say is that whenever you do anything that remotely uncovers the true awkwardness of being a teenager. It makes everyone uncomfortable and no one wants to talk about it. (laughs) I mean, well, essentially that's all their plot line was, was just how awkward it is to like have these feelings at this age. You don't really know what to do with any of it. And everything feels so, like, final and so, like, real, even though it's just who you have a crush on in high school or middle school. And, like, I I did like that. Yeah. And to get away from that Mm -hmm. and still stick to one of the kids. Um, Prime example of what, like, one of the... I just, I didn't like the kid. I didn't like the son. I didn't like him for a very specific reason. I, it's just, but the thing is, like... Kristen and I have made a decision not to have kids. Mm -hmm. And I would say about more than half the time, whenever I watch a movie like this and there's a kid involved, whether they be a teenager, a preteen, 
you know, somebody who's nine and is running their mouth for like a side part of a joke, more than half the time, it almost ruins the movie for me. Oh, wow. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm seriously not trying to be one of those anti-children people. I, I, I swear <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. But at the same time, it's just like it just it makes my molars grind. So I, I get that. I totally get that. I think the part that that made me there that lost me on the sun is is again I saw too much of myself in him. So there was a point where he stands up in the middle of class and decides to make a proclamation. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've done that before. Uh, I was in a math class no. and I wasn't understanding what she was talking about. So I stood up in the middle of math class and went, class, I know we don't know what the teacher is talking about. And the class unanimously said, we get it. You don't. Please sit down. Uh, and it was one of the most awkward moments of my life that what still makes me. This? This I'm sorry. What? No, this was when I first moved or when I moved back to Big Spring. So I would have been in sixth grade. I think I did this. Oh, and that's not that bad. It that's was not that bad. I still I mean, feel it. it. I'm. Believe me, I'm sure that memory is still the probably one of the most cringy things that you think about before going to bed. Yeah. That just makes you want to, like, you know, suffocate yourself in the pillow. <laughs> I totally get it. But for clarification, that's sixth grade. Yeah. That's not that bad. That makes me feel in better. In all honesty, you could have been a sophomore in high school and done that in a mixed graded math class with seniors. <laughs> okay. To, I did counter. That. To, to counter that, I saw shit Devin did in high school when he was a sophomore, and it's worse than that. It's <laughs> fair. It's very fair. That was just the cringiest thing I did that year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so one last thing that I noted on this watch through is it if I had a nickel for every movie that Emma Stone's in that has a subplot about the, the Scarlet Letter, I'd have two nickels, which is weird that it happened twice. <laughs> It is though. Um, did you guys read the? I, did you guys read it in school? Speaking of sixth grade, I think so. Did we? I think we did. I, I think it was think, more high school for me. I think some of my classmates, because I was in a completely different track when it came to like schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I was in middle school, at some point, uh, the kids in my grade read the Scarlet Letter. Got it. It's. It's one of those that I don't hear anything about anymore. I've never met an adult that's like, The Scarlet Letter is my favorite book. Uh, like, you'll occasionally hear some of the classics that we, we read in high school. But, like, movies keep using that book for some reason. And I don't get it. When that, well, it's when, it, I mean, okay, movies keep using that book for some reason. What genre are those movies in? Probably just mostly rom-coms. Rom- romantic comedies. Yeah. There you go. So, with Emma Stone. I mean, <laughs> right. with Emma, specifically with Emma Stone, yes. Yeah. So I mean, there. I mean, like, uh, I'm pretty sure that, like, you've was it? Uh, I think it was the first season of of Picard. Um, they actually like, it was almost like the, the Picard book club. It was like every episode they introduced another, you know, like historically significant science fiction book that like set the genre. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, depending on the genre of the movie, if there's any like academic environment 
it would just be easy to be like, oh, and they're talking about, you know, like, oh, they're talking about The Hatchet, and it's a movie about about wilderness survival or something. Ooh. I don't know, and I hate that book. Just saying. Oh, I hadn't thought about it in a while, and I oh. loved that book. Oh. I, I read would. two of the sequels. Is it Axe and Battle Axe? Are those the sequels? No, there's so a, there's Brian Win- Brian's Winter, which is like an alternate ending, like if he didn't get rescued right away, oh. like he has to survive the winter. And then there's a sequel called The River where he goes back to the woods and then like somebody the person who he's with like gets injured on their boat and he has to like help him survive like with a broken neck. With a broken there's, neck. There, yeah, there's more oh. to it too. Like there's there are more after that that I haven't read yet. Wow. I've got 9 audible credits still. Like I might go buy them all. <laughs> I'm sure there are better books you can spend those credits on. <laughs> oh. Um, I think that does it for Crazy Stupid Love. So we're ending um, the movie Crazy Stupid Love on the hatchet discussion. Yes. yes 100%. Uh, because I see a segue and I'm going to take it. Uh, speaking of books I could spend those credits on, Devin, what's the pick for next week and after that? <laughs> so, well done. Our, our transition game's on point today. Yes, so it is. So our pick for next week and the two weeks following is we are going to start our lord of the rings marathon next week. why is that because it is wait, the no 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 wait no it's not yours next week it's, it's not my next week it's ryan's i'm so sorry ryan last week before i go well we can okay so next week is ryan's pick yeah and then we'll talk about what devin's okay perfect about. go ahead go ahead ryan what forget we i guess that transition fine. wasn't good so <laughs> we are finally wrapping up my predator like marathon with these two guys uh we're going to be going over uh shane black's the predator and we're also going to be talking about the new release the prey which is why we've been well which is not really why we've been doing this predator like push but Mm -hmm. it just ended up to work that way so you know great i can't wait yeah so uh next week we'll be talking about shane black's the predator and about how a lot of people hate it but i love it so well, I'm, we <laughs> I'm just going to go into this with an open mind because I know that some people hate it and love it. And I just yeah. want my because I I like the Predator that I've seen so far. So I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. And it's Shane Black. So you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. So. So then so to, after that, yeah. after, <laughs> so after that, after that, <laughs> we are going to be watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy week on week leading up to Amazon's release of the Rings of Power. Uh, Alan has never seen them. And chat if you think for one second I'm not going to bring up Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, you are very wrong because there's a lot to talk about there. And I I, I, I have a soft spot for Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. I actually just replied to that. I said, now nah, we're just going to talk about the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins by Leonard Nimoy. Also bringing it up. There is so much gold around the Lord of the Rings franchise. But yeah, you've never seen it, Ryan or Alan. So we're watching the extended editions because yes. it's... Why would you watch any other edition? Honestly. Yeah. So... After next week, we will have mm-hmm. three weeks of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan will be with us for the Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. He'll be missing the, tw- the the two towers because he'll be at Disney World. Oh, and then it. he'll be rejoining us for Return of the King. Are you coming back for the, the it Tuesday? All depends. It okay. all depends if I have time to watch the extended version. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I have the extended versions on Blu-ray. I bought them for cheap because I knew this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be the one thing Lord of the Rings I have behind me. Uh, or will it be? 
maybe have something else in my collection that I'll put behind me. Oh, weird. I definitely don't have the vinyl of that Leonard Nimoy song I was talking about before. <laughs> How did you get that vinyl? Uh, uh, luck. That's amazing. I'm very jealous. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be an exciting uh, few weeks coming up here in August. Uh, so next week, the Predator and Prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have gone with like the the, the transition from the Brian so- Brian's Winter and Hatchet things were there with Prey. I just oh, I for- I'm so flustered from my day. Um, but it was there. We just missed it. Um, but uh, until then. Uh, you can find you have to watch this podcast on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, where we go live every week. We will be updating this video, uh, today since the sound was out for the first 20 minutes and you missed my story about league of super pets. Uh, (laughs) so I'll be, I'll be updating that here shortly. So if you missed that, uh, check out our YouTube page for that. Or if you wanted to listen to the podcast at all major podcasting platforms, It'll be live tomorrow for you to check out. Until then, for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I am Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And uh, don't use Velcro wallets. (laughs) 